0: Lock and Load. This is georgiacarry.org radio with Georgia Carry's executive director Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our second amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, executive director of georgiacarry.org, Jerry Henry.
1: Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour, Saturday morning in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to be here today, talking a little bit about guns, about things that have happened, and uh, I have a special guest today on the phone with me, Kelly Kennett, our president of GeorgiaCarry.org, and uh, we're going to learn a little bit about Kelly. He's uh, he's really a great guy. Has done done real well in the, the leadership of GeorgiaCarry.org, and we. Uh, I, I'm happy to have him on. Uh, I've done my best uh, so far. We've had most of our board members on uh, so that you could get to know who they are and learn a little bit about them. And we've still got a few to go, but uh, we'll get them in the next few months and make sure that everybody at least has an opportunity to to hear the people and and kind of form a, an understanding of who they are, where we came from, and how we got to, to where we are with Georgia Carey and why we do what we do. So without further ado, Kelly Kennett, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Jerry, for that uh, very kind introduction. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to live up to all of <laughs> all of that hype. Um, in my uh, uh, real life, so to speak, I'm just a regular guy. I happen to be an engineer, uh, practice in uh, consulting, and um, own my own little business. And we do uh, accident investigations, um, primarily dealing with... Uh, automobiles and, and, uh, industrial accidents and sometimes marine accidents, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I do for my, my daily life. Otherwise I, I have, uh, uh teenagers who, um, are typical teenagers <laughs> and, and all <laughs> the ups and t- They're
1: typical teenagers.
2: <laughs> right, right, exactly. They're <laughs> teenagers. Um, you know, where I'm from, I grew up in, uh, in South Carolina, um, so I, uh, I'm really kind of from the south. I presently live here, of course, in uh, north of the of Atlanta, up in uh, South Forsyth. Um, my personal background with respect to um, firearms, you know, my family was not a particularly avid um, shooters or hunters, but we did have uh, guns in the house. But it wasn't sort of a a big thing one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into my adult life you know my first job out of college uh, my wife and i moved and we lived a few years in in uh, california and quite frankly the culture there was was uh you know to a, a young kid out of college such a hassle i just didn't really bother <laughs> right yeah. um and then when we moved to georgia which has been um you know almost 20 years ago uh, 17 and some odd years ago now um, you know, I decided I, I wanted to to get my carry license, and you know, really start taking on protection for myself and my family as as part of my daily life. And you know, in the process of doing that, um, I saw what Georgia's laws were uh, at the time. You know, I, I was a was and I am a reader, so I started reading. You know, and I I, I I started looking up the laws and the public gathering thing, and I was. I just remember being extremely frustrated reading mm-hmm. that, because basically I I wondered, well, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, <don't>, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I think
1: it meant if we want you to carry a gun, you can. If you, if you don't, you can't. Uh, that's well, kind of the well, way it was. Well, that's right. And It's not against the law unless we say it's against the law, and if we say it, you're going to jail.
2: Well, that's exactly right, and so I, I read that, and I got very frustrated with that, because, you know, particularly as an engineer, man, we like we like to have a... Right, you know yeah. a set of rules, right? right. I mean, you like, you, this, you like, this you can do and that you can't. It right. didn't make any sense, and like. I said, "Well, this is not." Very
1: you don't good. like <laughs> you don't like gray areas. You like black and white. It either is or it isn't. And
2: well, particularly if you're going to get involved sure. with a criminal code, I mean, of if of it's, it's either a crime or it's not a crime, you you got to right. let me know. I got to have a fair, you know, fair notice. So I, I I saw that and and when I read that, you know, that kind of uh, these things have a way of snowballing. I mm-hmm. I, got, I got online a little bit. I started seeing kind of what. Um, people were doing. Um, And then I I got involved with some uh, Georgia Carey folks um, uh, early on, just just corresponding. And then, you know, the way I kind of got my uh, first toe in the door with just doing something myself was really taking on uh, Forsyth County, here where I live, and their uh, parks regulations. And so I, i uh, went to a couple of county council meetings. I, I um, you know, said my piece there. We we wrote some letters to the county attorneys. You know, we were working in conjunction with, um, at the time, the developing lawsuits um, with respect to the state's um, uh, sort of overriding so the nature of their laws the and, and the preemption laws. statute. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where, where I really got my um, start and um uh, and it's it's kind of uh, uh, been a long and i think quite frankly really fun and and productive history right. since then you know Georgia Kerry through its members and and uh through its influence has really been able to i think make things a whole lot better in georgia right. um
1: well, I think where they had, were when we started. Right, and I think we've had uh, influence outside of the state as well. I think a lot of people have uh, have seen what we've done and how we've done it and, and kind of go along uh, like we did. I mean, we, we followed uh, basically the same blueprint that uh, VCDL, Virginia Citizens Defense League, had in the way they set up and how they did things. And, of course, we believe we've improved on it. And then others have kind of followed our lead as well and said, you know, if these people can do it, why can't we do it? And I think that's the biggest thing is trying to find a group of people that are willing to stand up and say, hey, I'm ready to go down. I'm ready to try to change these laws. And if you don't have those people, it doesn't matter how many, how many Kelly Kennett's or Jerry Henry's or, or uh, other members that, that uh, are going to stand up because you, you, one or two people are not going to make a difference. But if you've got a group of people behind you and the leaders are out front, doing the right things, you can make a, a difference, and you make a big difference in a short period of time if you do it properly.
2: Well, I think you're exactly right, and I, I like what you said about having people and having a good many of them and having them doing the right things. You know, one of the things that I always was very attracted to, even when I got started by uh, with with Georgia Carey, was the professional approach in the sense of trying to get to know people, whether right. it was county commissioners or state legislators or, or even your neighbors or, and, uh, or even your friends trying to convince them to join the organization, but really trying to have reasoned conversations with people, trying to influence the laws through relationships that you build with your legislators, trying to influence the laws, frankly, through you know, logic and sound arguments and reason, right. um, those things go a long way. Um, sometimes it, it may feel good to, to pick up a picket sign and to yell and scream, and there's a time and a place for that. But that doesn't often um, that bring was- about the kind kind of change that you're actually looking
1: for right it doesn't doesn't always result in change and if it if it does it's a longer and slower process when you're when you're dealing with the actual people who can make changes and if you can get their attention and get them on on your side on board on what you're trying to do then it will spread but if you're trying to do it through the the newspaper the tv by by picketing someplace you're not going to make a lot of progress in my opinion
2: well, and and even if you do in situations like that, a lot of times the progress you make is really only to kick the ball off. But what you really want to do is you want to be involved in the whole process. So right. by generating brand equity with the legislators and by uh, generating uh, a reputation as, as thoughtful and reasoned, then you get included right. in the change process. You right. get an You get the ability to be heard at committee hearings and in meetings. You get people to listen to you when you say, hey, you know, here's what our members are really confronting in their daily lives. Here's what's an important change to them. Here's what the wording of a proposed piece of legislation might actually do. Um, in real life, so you know, rather than just kind of lighting the fuse and running away and waiting for it to explode, <laughs> right. you, you, you get to be involved with you know, help helping actually shape where the where the laws are moving, and of course, uh, we've done that extensively in the in the courts right. as well. You you got to shape the laws, and then you also have to have the the resolve and the ability and fortitude to to carry those through and make sure that the right the courts enforce them, that they they bring them to fruition.
1: And one of the things that, that, uh, alluding to what you you have just said, I know that when we first came down to the state capitol and started telling people that we want to change the laws, it was surprising the number of of lawmakers down here that thought that Georgia was a a gun-friendly state. We had to explain to them, this is what, what the everyday guy has to go through. And a lot of them were just, they were just appalled at, that what we were telling them was true. They had to go find out, number one, that it was true, and then it was like, well, we do need to do something about these things. So we had to get their attention by doing those things.
2: Well, and a lot of times uh, you get their attention by simply having members. That's correct. Call them and meet with them and, and talk to them and get to know them. Um, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, there was this impression early on that Georgia was a great state, but in fact— you kind of had chaos when it right. came to issuing licenses right. you know the the probate judges were kind of running little fiefdoms and some of them were very responsive some of them were yeah. not um
1: and it, it was one of the you, worst it was one of the worst states uh for gun laws right. at the time
2: absolutely and and what i would say is when you have ambiguous laws like public gatherings law right. which really just serves to make a criminal out of kind of whoever somebody feels like making a criminal out of, that's not a good law at all.
1: No, it's not. Hold that thought if you would. We've got to take a a quick break here. Uh, I want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, our website, look us up. Uh, You can download the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back.
0: And now, back to org radio with org's executive director Jerry Henry
1: Welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio. Hour. I'm here again with our president uh, Kelly Kennett. Uh, I meant to say something a little bit earlier when we opened and, and I, I, it slipped my mind. I those of you know that uh, that when I start talking I just talk. I don't normally have too many notes and uh, but I did want to mention that yesterday Thursday, I was uh, I had the privilege of going to Hart County and speaking to the GOP uh, group up there, and uh, I went up a little bit early uh, and visited with our good friend uh, Alan Powell. Alan uh, had his left knee replaced uh, right after the session back in April, I believe it was, and uh, about. Three weeks ago, he had his right knee replaced, and he's doing a whole lot better this time than he did the last time. He so said, this one seems to be a little bit easier on him, but he was still in a lot of pain, so I wanted to just tell you that he's doing fine, and, and ask those of you that uh, have the habit of hitting your knees at night to remember Allen and, and, uh, and wish him good luck. And If you talk to him, if you send him an email or something, he would certainly appreciate it. Let him know you're thinking about him and, and uh, that you wish him well. Now, uh, when we came up to the break a while ago, we were talking about uh, about how easy it was for you to get arrested in Georgia back in uh, about 2007, 2008.
2: Well, that's right. It was easy to get arrested uh, because the laws were vague, and it was kind of um, largely stacked against license holders uh, even uh, beyond that and in, in what may to some people seem like sort of a legal technicality. But... Having a license uh, in Georgia at the time was actually an affirmative defense to the crime of carrying rather than um, not having a license being an element of the crime. So what it turned it into was really um, you could more or less be arrested for having a gun, and then later on you could sort it out. Yeah, (laughs) you
1: could could go try to prove that, that you really should be able to have a gun.
2: Well right so in in terms of the impression that this was really a a a friendly state to folks who wanted to try to be you know responsible for their own security and their family security uh, in fact it really wasn't true so um you know I found that out when I got started and I think a lot of people uh really had discovered the same thing and and so Georgia Carey got got rolling and right. I think um We've come a long way, and there's 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 ways to go. Right. Um, There's still a lot of things we want to get done. I'm not by any stretch saying we're finished, but I'm saying we're no. we're not very very far along.
1: We're not finished, and even. If we got rid of all the, the restrictions on owning firearms and carrying firearms here in Georgia, we're going to be playing defense for the rest of our lives regardless. So, you know, organization like Georgia Carry is not going to go away. You can't afford to go away because if you do, in a few short years, we'd be right back in the same boat that we would We were in uh, when we started. And a lot of people may not remember, I I know a lot of people that are fairly new to the area, and even some of the older folks don't realize that what we were talking about is a public gathering. And it used to be printed on the back of your license, and it said you cannot carry to or while at a public gathering, which consists of, but is not limited to, government buildings, bars, churches, sporting events, or political rallies. Now, you couldn't carry to any of those places, and you couldn't have them in the parking lot. And that meant basically if you left your home on Sunday morning and, and headed to church, you couldn't even have a farm in your car going to church, which was a little bit ridiculous. And one of the things that I liked too, was there was another law that said that you couldn't carry within a reasonable distance of a bus stop, right. a reasonable yep. distance. Now, that meant if you walked downtown with a firearm just almost anywhere, you were breaking the law. And it was a felony. It was not a misdemeanor. It was a felony. So, you know, all these things, and and one of the things that I like, too, that I I tell people from time to time, two places were were told or were said by the Attorney General then, Mike Bowers, that there were two places that were not public gatherings. One of them was McDonald's, and the other one was a mall, however— You had to be careful if you went into a mall because while you were in there, a public gathering might break out because if some politician came in and started making a political speech, you're at a political rally. And then it would be against the law for you to even have it in your vehicle.
2: Well, or if you parked at the mall and you went in through the department store and you discovered that out in the open area, um, somebody's choir was uh, singing a Christmas tune Why? All of a sudden, now
1: you're at a public, at a public gathering.
2: gathering, and not only that, but you parked outside of one. That's correct. So it, it was really a very ridiculous
1: law. Yes. And, um, and that's fortunately, that's we, fortunately, we fortunately that was really, I think that was probably the real impetus of Georgia Carey's forming uh, in the, in the uh, beginning was to get rid of that law and to make the uh, probate courts issue the license in a reasonable amount of time.
2: Well, essentially, to make the probate courts even follow the law. Now, right. It's obviously been vastly improved since then, but even at the time, basically, they were doing what they wanted to do, and right. time limits meant nothing. And so, you know, it was a very uh, asymmetric relationship between you and the government, so to speak. They pretty much had no uh, no burdens, right, um, and and you had all of them. That's and, correct. Uh, that, that wasn't, uh, as my teenagers would say, that just wasn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when we know right. about
1: fair, don't we? Obama right. taught us about being fair. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, you were also, um, if I remember correctly, you were also one of the first ones to get involved with the Corps of Engineer uh, problem with us being able to, uh, not being able to carry on Corps property, if I'm not mistaken. That,
2: that's. That's correct. My involvement with the Corps of Engineer question actually uh, is going on over a decade now. Right. Um, with respect to just originally contacting even the leadership of the various uh, districts, because for a long time, of course, you it was on the books at least that you could get uh, permission to carry from the district commanders, and and as of the, this day and hour, that's still uh, the, the the regulation that's on the books, but. The, the Corps of Engineers had uh, um, several different layers to the question, and the question has really changed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I originally got involved, um, the political situation kind of uh, was changing between when uh, George Bush was president and then, and then uh, Barack Obama became president. Um, in the intervening time, the... Um, Tom Coburn and the credit card bill changed the national parks situation, right? right? In the intervening time, a lot changed with respect to parks um, from the state level. And so the arguments that we have made over time have really changed. And, um, of course, the politics have changed. And we have a a new administration now, and and, uh, my best information is that their intention is to really – change that and and Georgia Carey has been a part of working on changing that um, for a long time and and I think we're uh, I think we're close I think we're gonna we're gonna bring that to fruition here very soon
1: yeah I'd have to agree with that I think we're getting much much closer than what we were and it's a matter of uh, of when uh, now more than if uh, in my opinion
2: well I, I think that's right and I'd also like to add you know, this this core thing is a is a classic example of the old adage that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. You know, get getting involved and you know, if you had just kinda picketed a time or two and yelled and screamed and then nothing happened right. um you you probably wouldn't have gotten where you wanted to go. But but literally uh for for over a decade now this this process has been um taking place and, and it has gained Steam. A lot of people don't know. For the longest time, the uh, House of Representatives every year on a voice vote would add in a measure to do essentially for core property what was done with the national parks. Right. Um, uh, that ultimately never made it into a spending bill because they were compromising with the Senate. Um, but e- even getting to the point of a, of a annual voice vote in the House was a real. Achievement. And so it was just really a process of bringing this issue to people's attention, um, staying after it, um, staying uh, involved over the years as right. the issues in the politics evolved.
1: Well, one of the things that I've always said, we... Um Uh, we may not get what we want this year, but we'll be back next year. We don't go anywhere. You know, we, the only reason we take a break from, uh, from April or May or so till the the next January, till the second Monday in January, is because, uh, the general assembly takes a break and we don't really take a break. We, what we do is we work on lawsuits. We work on whatever we need. And we work on trying to get something for the next session, uh, that we think we can get passed, et cetera. But we don't go away. We don't quit. We don't give up. And, uh, we're not about to be run off by, uh, any, uh, paid astroturf group coming down here, trying to tell us how our law should be and how dangerous we are because we carry firearms.
2: Well, that's, that's right. And we've been, uh, called plenty of names and we've <laughs> <Yes>. been uh, <laughs> some, of them,
1: some of them get personal even
2: well that's right and and we've certainly been disparaged and yeah. and uh I think at one point uh the a j c had suggested that uh we we made um the NRA looked like what was the term like? Pop gun, like, uh, uh, uh pop, yeah, kindergarten pop, or something yeah, like
1: that, pop or? gun, something I don't remember what it was, but R- at any rate, uh, right? Yeah, we we've uh, we've had our shares of both ways. Well, Got to take another break, right? Quick, uh, GeorgiaCarry.org, our website. You can find out anything about us. You can join. You can renew uh, online. Uh, we will. Uh, you can also download the commercial fee podcast there as well as here at NewsTalk1160.com, and we will be right back.
0: And now, back to GeorgiaCarry org radio with GeorgiaCarry org's executive director Jerry Henry. Welcome back to
1: GeorgiaCarry radio hour. I'm here again with uh, Kelly Kennett, the president of Georgia Carry. Uh, we've talked a little bit about things that we've done and and uh, who we are and and, and so forth. And uh, I want to talk about a couple of things that that. Kelly and I discussed earlier, I, I, I brought it up to him when we were talking on the phone. Uh, one of the things that I believe that we have allowed the liberals, the gun prohibitions etc in the media is to control the language they called you know with our uh, now it's military style rifle which we know that MSR really stands for mili- uh, for uh, modern sporting rifle, but regardless, they want to make it sound like the the military's out in the street throwing bullets around, and we need to get away from that. We need to remind people that's not what they are. The AR-15 is the most popular rifle in the world as far as I know right now. It's I know it's the most popular one here in the United States, and they're rifles that uh, – that are no more dangerous. Matter of fact, they're not as dangerous as some of the the uh, semi-automatic hunting rifles that we've used for years and years and years. We need to try to 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 correct people when they say those things. Uh, that is not a military weapon. If you send a a military, if you told our military they're going to have to go to war today with AR-15, they'd probably turn around and walk out on you. Uh, it, nobody wants to go that under fire. And another thing that I, I have uh, that kind of gets my my GOAT, as you've heard me say before, is gun violence. I tell everybody when they say gun violence, my guns aren't violent. I don't sit around here on the table and nothing will ever happen to it. It's the people who want to use that tool illegally that are the ones that are violent. And they use them in a violent manner. But the gun itself is not violent. And another thing that I just, I just came up with here uh, uh, in the last couple of days, and that is mass shootings. You know, when you stop and think about what a mass shooting is, to me, it's a group of guys down at the range because you've got a mass of people down there. You're all shooting and you're all shooters. People who go into places like this are not shooters. They're murderers. And so I think we should refer to the uh, to the so-called mass shootings as an incident involving multiple victims of murder. And they are, they are put on or they are, are caused by murderers. And that's it.
2: Well, I, th- I think you're exactly right. I think one of the things that um, people try to do with the language is to try to uh, sort of have the tail uh, wag the dog, right. right? To define the language first and then have that drive the subject. So particularly when we talk about Mass shootings, or we talk about gun violence. By the title alone, we're placing the emphasis on, uh, in one case, the tool gun violence. Um, Sometimes, for instance, uh, sadly, here recently in New York and and many times in Europe, we've seen people use trucks to um, run over pedestrians. Well, we don't use then the term truck violence. No. Right? because because the truck itself is is of course not violent it's got plenty of right. uh, legitimate uses and and in the same way uh, mass shooting that that's an emphasis on the technique right right as yeah. opposed to uh, the act right and the act is murder and quite frankly uh, we're not in favor of murder of any kind no. No, <laughs> whether it's with a gun or with a truck or with poison or with electricity or or any other kind of
1: and, and the tool. gun and the gun is not the respons- responsible party the responsible party is the guy that was pulling the trigger just like the responsible well, party in the truck was the terrorist behind the wheel
2: well that's exactly right nor was the responsible party for the truck the fellow at the rental right. counter that rented right. him the truck we, we really nor have to was focus the, on
1: nor was the state that gave him his driver's license well, that's you exactly know, right. I mean, we the, can go back as pers- far as you want to if if you want to look at it that way.
2: Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, no one is talking about, this is another way that um, uh, the folks on the other side really try to uh, grab the language. No one is talking about common sense truck regulations right. or common sense hammer regulations. Right. and And what they do is they... They call them common sense, and then they come up with whatever they want, right. but the reality is it 's not common sense, right because we are people of reasonable minds, and we disagree, so therefore it 's not
1: common sense
2: it 's not common sense, right, and so what that really does is that belittles the people in the Second Amendment community because essentially the implication is if you disagree with us, then you do not have common sense That's that you 're right. not clear thinking that you 're not um, in favor of 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 taking care of people that you somehow are are in favor of or or part of this uh, this terrible violence that goes on, and that's of course just not true.
1: That's correct. It's, it's not us. It's not the law-abiding citizen. You're not going to. You don't have to worry about uh, me. You don't have to worry about Kelly. You don't have to worry about uh, members of Georgia Carey. No matter how many firearms they get, they're not the type of people that are going to go out and do this. People who go to the trouble of keeping a clean background so that they can maintain a, a weapons license, a Georgia weapons license, or any uh, concealed permit from any state, those people are not out to commit crimes. They have lived their life in a manner that, uh, that they have not gotten in trouble, and they're not going to. They are the least uh, weary of, of anybody around. Uh, it's just uh, that when somebody that's a little off their rocker are just flat ass mean. Uh, when there's something that, like that happens, then uh, then it's it's blamed on the firearm. Like you say, we don't blame it. We don't blame it on hammer violence. We don't blame it on knife violence. We don't blame it on drunk driving violence. We blame it on the person that committed the act. And that's what should happen with gun with uh, violence uh, permitted or committed by people using firearms.
2: Well that's exactly right, and we do, not only do we need to make sure that we focus on the people that are committing the acts, but in the future, the way I think to prevent more of this is also to have our our families and our communities focus on getting help for those people around us that we see that are struggling right, and that's really those those people who see their their friends and their neighbors and the folks and their Groups of influence going down uh, a difficult road or or, or getting dark um, in their in their thoughts and intentions. Th- those are the people that we need to that we need to get help. In, um, in other words, we need
1: to work on societal issues instead of firearms issues.
2: Well, that's exactly right. As opposed to imposing another regulation on. Uh, law-abiding honest gun owners whose intention it is to follow the regulations because they care what the law says, Uh, somebody who's going to go and commit mass murder is not going to change his mind because of a a misdemeanor on the books about where he can carry a firearm.
1: And he's not going to worry about whether or not he's uh, turned down on a background check. He will find whatever weapon he wants uh, on the street somewhere, or he'll steal it. He'll find a way to do what he wants to do. I mean, and it doesn't always have to be firearms. Uh, Look at what uh, McVeigh did in Oklahoma City. I mean, well, and speaking
2: of that, by the way, we didn't call it fertilizer and diesel violence. No, we didn't.
1: We sure did. We didn't call it rental truck violence either. Uh, But that's if you followed the same. Path that, that the gun prohibitionists and the, the liberal media want to follow, then we would have to call it some type of violence other than the fact that some madman cre- uh, committed this horrible, heinous crime against uh, our society.
2: Well, that's exactly right. And, and we tend to focus on, you know, we want to label a motive, right? We want to label it terrorism or, you know, domestic violence, or we want to label a motive. But the reality is. It's the act that we really want to prevent. That's correct. And we don't. We don't really care about the tools. And quite frankly, if if somebody's intention is to commit murder, I don't really much care why they want to do it. I That's just, correct. I don't want them to to do it with any kind of tool, and and really for any reason.
1: And the other the other thing is, uh, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. But um, uh, what they they use is is kind of irrelevant. If they're going to do it, they're going to find a way to do it. So it's just you know it just is what it is, so to speak, with some of those people that are going to do it. And in my opinion, as I said earlier, we need a societal change instead of more regulations on honest, uh, law-abiding citizens. And until we until we start raising our children properly, until we we uh, it's been estimated by several people that I've talked to in the, in the mental health uh, business, etc., and and the youth law. Uh, Uh, enforcement that we have a lost generation out there that they don't care where they go to jail because their friends are already in jail. And even if they're 12, 13, 14 years old, their kids may be in jail. And the other thing we have uh, is the revolving door down at the jail. I mean, (laughs) the the policeman brings them in the door, and by the time he gets through his paperwork, they're out of jail again. And, you know, it's just there's not really a penalty for some of the acts that some of these people do. And so by the time you have committed 10 or 15 acts, you know that you're going to get by with it. So you go do whatever you want to do with
2: it. Well, and not only that, but particularly for the folks who are developing a history, um, like even this recent, uh, guy in Texas, right? For which the laws were on the books to prohibit him from purchasing the weapon that right. he bought. Right. Right. We don't need more laws. We just right. need them to actually work. Um, he had a history, right? right? And you could see that and you could look at that and you could you could see that uh, he was a person of a violent heart with, with uh, poor intentions uh, for other people. And, and that's the, that's where the, the ultimate issue
1: was. That's correct. We're going to take another break right quick. Uh, I want to remind you, go to org, our website. Check us out. Download the commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com and we will be right back.
0: And now back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director Jerry Henry.
1: Welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio hour once again with Kelly Kennett, our president. Uh, we're having a nice little discussion about various things. And uh, there's one uh, lawsuit that we wanted to bring up because we just got through with another hearing, and that's the botanical garden. So tell us a little bit about what you know about the botanical garden suit. Uh,
2: Fundamentally, the botanical garden suit is aimed at uh, testing, if you will, or or implementing uh, a recent law change that was made um, largely with Georgia Carey's urging uh But essentially, the question at hand is for those places that are public property, the property itself is bought and paid for with taxpayer money. Uh, we feel like the government should essentially have to have to follow the rules. It ought to be black and white in the in the criminal code, uh, what they can and cannot allow. and that plainly is the case um, for instance in, uh, government buildings um, you know recently with the law changes there's plenty of governments that don't like that in counties and cities, mm-hmm. but they have to they have to follow the rules but there's a class of property which is owned by the public but is leased to or rented to other organizations um, the the botanical gardens, of course, is an example of that, but there are plenty of others where the underlying uh, Facility is owned by the public, but it is leased to and under the control of another organization. And Georgia Carey feels like that's not really private property. It was bought with your hard-earned dollars and mine, and consequently, it should be subject to the same laws um, as just just what you might think of as straightforward public property. And so, what the botanical gardens case is really doing is testing to see if if the courts are going to insist that for that property, which is owned by the public, that additional regulations or additional strictures are not put upon um, gun owners and gun carriers um, at the whim, if you will, of, of the uh, people who hold the leases.
1: All right. Uh, and And uh, we will know something or we should know something probably within several months next few months uh, I,
2: I think that's right, yeah, we are awaiting of course a, a decision from um, uh, from the appeals courts that decision will be binding um, um, on the entire state, so that uh, the the result will of course cover much. Much more than just the There's botanical right, garden, right. it will apply to all of that kind mm-hmm. of property I was just speaking about, which is that uh, leased public property. It, right. it will be uh, much wider, of course, than than just the
1: botanical right. gardens. Right, right. Any anybody that wants to run a stadium or anything like that, uh, they would be the same under the same boat. Um, and. Um, speaking of that and I, I i guess there's one question uh should it the decision go against us uh we would ap- uh, appeal to the supreme court i would assume
2: well that's right we'll of course pursue uh, all of our legal avenues um and not only that but but we think we had a legislative fix to right. this issue before because right. specifically the law was changed right. to to cover this and yet we've had uh, these lefties and these kind of government organizations that are really very resistant. Right. Um, but you can always go back to the, legislator and right. the legislature and say, hey, you know, um, uh, these folks are really thumbing their nose at you. Right. You are the lawmakers for the state of Georgia, but they're telling you uh, you, you don't have sway. So we we can, uh, if necessary, uh, go back even to the legislature right
1: again. we've got more prongs on the fork than just this this decision that's coming up Absolutely. Uh, and one of the things uh too that we need to talk about a little bit we need to touch on some of the things that we've, we've discussed uh, that we'd like to see done in the next session now uh, the next session is kind of unusual uh in that uh, we at the end of of uh this year, starting the, not this coming session in January, but the next session, we will have a new uh, governor. We'll have a new lieutenant governor. We'll have uh, several new faces down there in various offices that we have to uh, work with. So the question becomes: It's a it's a uh, an election year. So normally, an election year, we do pretty good with uh, with our our. Uh, Laws getting passed, our bills getting passed and signed into the law. But we've got a governor that, that doesn't like some things that we've done and, and we're not real sure that he wants to do a whole lot more with colleges and of course we would like to see more places, uh, opened up where we can carry on campus and, and we, we're gonna test those waters a little bit. We'd also like to, you know, need to remind everybody that campus carry does not apply to anything other than state owned Uh, universities and colleges, post-secondary schools. Uh, So if you're at Emory or someplace like that, that law doesn't help you a bit. And we would like to see what we have said numerous times in the past. If you've listened to me, you've heard me say we want private property to be treated as private property. That includes uh, universities. That includes churches. That includes any other. I think those are the only two that actually the state have some kind of Uh, statute against us carrying on those locations where you could could be penalized heavily in the school.
2: Well, that's right, and and we seem to have really come to uh, a bit of an impasse, so to speak. There are lots of things that Georgia Carey and Governor Deal agree on. There's a few that we do not. Um, The private property uh, question with respect to churches, for instance, is one that um, we have pressed several times over the years, and Um, we and and Governor Deal just don't see eye to eye. It is Georgia Carey's position that private property bought with your own private dollars, you should be in charge of. And of course, that's every church. The the state obviously owns no churches. And so we're not asking that churches be commanded to have people uh, carrying firearms on their property. We've simply asked for churches to be treated like every other bit right. of private property, and for them just, just don't speak about them. Just let them make their own decisions, just like any other right. private property right. holder. Yeah, if they
1: want you to leave, they ask you to leave. If they don't, then you stay there. It's fine. Nothing, uh, nothing uh, lost. There's a couple of other items here. We're, we're kind of wrapping up here in just a minute, so we may not hit everything we'd like to hit. But one of the things that that I'm really bugged about uh, is the. Uh, uh, um, aggravated assault statute, as it is right now, if you pull your firearm and point it at someone in defense of your life, and you don't pull the trigger, you could be arrested for a felony. And that's not. And there's there's more nuances than that, but uh, trying to preserve a little bit of time, that's the main thing that we don't want done. In fact, if you scare somebody with a gun, which means basically you could be walking down the aisle at Walmart and some uh, gun prohibitionist say she's scared, then uh, you could be arrested for a criminal or for uh, uh, aggravated assault, which is a felony up to 20 years in, in prison.
2: Well, and I think that's right. And, and fortunately, we've not had too many instances of that kind of thing happening. But what we're in favor of really is having the laws clearly define a set of conduct as opposed to being in the eye of the beholder, much right. like the public gatherings law was very ambiguous, right? Yep. Uh, who and why somebody is afraid or disturbed or, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. that's, that's beside it, the point. It, yeah, that that really shouldn't be part right. of the criminal code, right? right. It, it ought to really be written down what you right. cannot and you can do.
1: And another thing is we've uh, we've found uh, Code Section 38-3-2, or dash two dash three oh one which is uh, gives the um, officer in charge of the state militia the right to shut down places uh, during a time of emergency shut down those places who sell ammunition and firearms and this is we thought we got rid of that with the governor's power but uh we can't do that i mean well, uh, we, they, we can't do it because of this and the guy, governor's in charge of the guy that could do this so we really didn't take anything away from him
2: well, that's right. We continue to find these these vestiges of executive authority, essentially, right. aimed at curtailing the rights of uh, firearms owners. And, in fact, um, that's in times of emergency, in times of crisis, in times of, essentially, stress on the system,
0: that, um, that's the that's very when times when
2: you do not need exactly right. exactly <laughs> the government right. uh, interfering.
1: Right. Well, it's about time to wrap up here. I want to thank you, Kelly, for being on here. Uh, I've enjoyed it as usual. I always enjoy uh, talking to you and, and uh, trying your brain, see what all comes out of it. Uh, I want to remind you, go to org, our website. You can join. You can renew. You can download the podcast. You download the podcast here at
0: Newstalk1160.com, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only, on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.